Welcome to Jeremiah Smith Ministries, a place where you can grow in God's Word. Well, we are live. Praise the Lord. How are you doing today? Are you doing good? Hey, I'm Jeremiah Smith. I'm so glad to get to be with you again today here on this wonderful, precious Sunday in November. Can you believe how fast it's gone since September? Seems like it's just flying by here so quickly, you know, and I mean, we're going to be in December during Christmas time before we know it. But, you know, of course, we want to enjoy November and enjoy the time of Thanksgiving and uh, that we have here in America. We celebrate Thanksgiving next uh, Thursday. And so, you know, you think about that, you know, it's, it's a good time to be thankful, you know, and celebrate the thankfulness that we have of our Father God. He's so good to us and, and sending his son. Jesus for us to die on the cross. We have so much to be thankful for how good he's been to you. Can you think today about how good he's been to you today? He's a good, good father. Amen. And I don't know if you just happened to tune in today. You didn't just happen to tune in by accident. You didn't just happen to turn this on by coincidence. No, the Holy Spirit drew you here by his precious, precious power today, you know, and I believe that he wants to touch you right there where you're at today with his precious power and by the Holy Spirit today. And I believe he'll encourage you. I believe he'll help you today. And whatever you're dealing with, maybe you're depressed today. Maybe you're sad today. Maybe you're dealing with an addiction today. Maybe you're needing healing today. You know, let the Holy Spirit minister to you right there where you're at and let him encourage you and help you right there where you're at today. Maybe you feel like, well, hey, I'm all alone. You know, no one ever hears me. No one knows what's going on with me. No, the Holy Spirit's been watching you the whole time. He's everywhere at one time and he's there for you. Praise the Lord. Lord today. Uh, you know, the Bible says he never leaves you. He never forsakes you. And believe you me, he is there for you today. You know, you're not alone. Amen. You're never alone. God's watching you. He's He loves his people. And he even loved you before you got saved today. If you're not saved, he's watching you today. He's a good father. He wants you to have a good, good life. He sent Jesus to die for you. And we're going to talk about that and give you the opportunity to come to know Jesus as your personal savior. But you know, he, he died for you and you were, the, you're, you were so valuable. He sent his son for you. No gold, all the gold on the earth, no, all the silver on the earth would have never paid for you, but his son's blood through Jesus Christ. You say, well, I don't understand that. Well, that's okay. You know, you, you'll learn more about that as you spend time listening to this podcast. And I believe that he'll help you right there where you're at. So you'll understand that Jesus loves you. Praise the Lord. Well, we're going to get into what we have to talk about today. We have some announcements today. Uh, you can check us out every Sunday at 4 p.m. Central Time. And of course, you can catch us at uh, 6 p.m. Central Time on Wednesdays. So sometimes we're not here on Wednesdays. We post messages on Wednesdays if we're not here on uh, jeremiahsmithministries.podbeam.com. And uh, so you can check those out. We always are putting out word for you and making it available for you, you know, every Wednesday and Sunday. So you're welcome to check those out. Now, Sunday, I, barely miss, I don't very rarely miss a Sunday. So I am here just about every live service on Sunday. And so you can tune in live on and you can listen to us on Podbeam on Sundays. And of course, you can watch the video. We post the video at 9 p.m. Central Standard Time. I figure that wherever you're at there today, uh, you might figure what time that is for you. Central Standard Time is the time that I'm giving to you in America. But we are listened to literally all around the world. You know, I've got friends in India, friends in Africa. Uh, we have people that listen to us in every country and islands. Uh, we are, <laughs> we are, we're heard just about everywhere you can think of, man, all, all around the world. Germany, we're listened to and uh, just 
all kinds of different places. If I had a list in front of me, I'd read them all off to you, but just about every country we've been to, and uh, it's exciting that our ministry is going out all over the world. And so, you know, pray for us, you know, pray that God keeps using us in a special way and that he does more with us. And so we can be a blessing to him. We're always, we just want to do what he'd have us to do. And we want to minister to as many people as we possibly can. You know, I believe he's coming back soon. I don't know about you. I believe Jesus is just on the horizon to coming soon. I believe we're going to see some wonderful, wonderful things. And I believe God's glory is going to fill the earth. And we're going to see some wonderful things happen these last days. He's trying to bring everybody with him. And, you know, I believe he will, you know, I don't believe that the devil's going to get a bigger harvest than Jesus is going to have. Do you believe that? I believe Jesus is going to get the biggest harvest of souls before he comes back. And that's what I'm, I'm trusting God for, that we're going to see as many souls possible through Jeremiah Smith Ministries to be a blessing to people and get them saved through Jesus Christ. You know, we're not just here to get you saved, though. We're here to help you grow spiritually. And we're here to encourage you. You know, the Bible says the fivefold ministry is here to, to minister to you, but to edify you, you know, and encourage you, you know. Uh, if you're going somewhere and they're beating you down, you know, just turn on Jeremiah Smith Ministries right there where you're at in your car. Flip on your headphones. Uh, listen to it on your sofa there. You know, I believe you'll get some encouragement. You're not going to come here and get beat down. We're here to encourage you to grow spiritually so you can be everything and fulfill the potential that God has for your life, you know. Do you believe you could fulfill the potential God has for your life? Do you believe right now he could be using you for such a time as this? You know, God didn't just call you for just any old time. You're living and breathing right now for such a time as this. God wants to do something special with you. Don't look around. Don't look over your shoulder. Don't look to the person to the left of you. No, he wants to use you. It doesn't matter how old you are. Doesn't matter how young you are, he wants to use you to get as many people saved and to grow spiritually and to be encouraging to someone else today, you know, for in the Lord and helping to get back up. You know, maybe somebody's fell down today. You can encourage them to get back up. Praise the Lord. Isn't that exciting? You're going to be an encouragement. Wouldn't it be, didn't it make you feel good when you encourage somebody? We got a lot of negative stuff going out there, you know, but you know, we can encourage somebody today and help them to get back up and help them to fulfill the, the purpose that God has for their life. Hey man, I hope God uses me to do that with you today. I hope he encourages you and be, and is a blessing to you. You know, God's used many people to encourage me so many times. I've been through so many things you wouldn't believe, you know, but God always sends somebody to encourage me. You know, it may be a minister, might be my wife, might be my son, you know, or my other son, you know, he'll use somebody to encourage me and God will encourage you right there where you're at today. If you'll let him use, let him use me to encourage you today and help you to be, to get up again, try again, not quit again, you know, to fulfill what God wants you to do. Praise the Lord. So you can catch us at those times there. And like I said, sometimes we're not here on Wednesdays. We have been playing some teaching because I've been very, very busy, but uh, we'll try to be back on Wednesdays just as soon as possible. And of course, you can listen to us on Spotify, Google Music, iTunes, Listen Notes, Podbeam, TuneIn off Alexia, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Deezer. You can catch us on Pandora, Amazon Music, Verbal, iVox, Audio Junkie, Audio Chaser, or Audio Chaser. <laughs> Did I just say that? Audio Chaser? No, Audio Junkie, Pod Chaser, Player FM, Samsung, YouTube, and of course, there's more there. You can see most of all of them on uh, at JeremiahSmithMinistries.podbeam.com. We have a long list of different places that we're on, and we seem to be funneling out to more. People seem to keep putting us on different places, uh, but uh, hopefully you can you don't have to download another app. Hopefully you can just use what's on your phone, and uh, hopefully you can listen to us anywhere you're at today. You know, I don't care if you're out in the jungle or if you're out in the desert. 
shirt, you know. I don't care if you're uh, in the city or if you're out in the rural area. I hope you can get Jeremiah Smith Ministries to be a blessing to you and encourage you with God's Word. Do you believe God's Word will encourage us? Do you believe God's Word will bless us? Amen. It's, a, it's, a, it's healing to your bone, body. It's health to your bones, praise the Lord. It'll quicken your spirit and encourage you right there where you're at if you'll let, this, let the Word do that. It's anointed and there's power on the Word and it'll quicken you. All in scriptures inspired by God. Think about that today. You know, and one person said it's God breathed. Think about that. It's in the, in the Holy Spirit will teach you. He'll guide you, direct you with his written word. It's not just a book. I like what Abraham Lincoln, he said, every time I read it, I get something new. Are you getting something new when you read the Bible? Does it speak to you? Well, you know, I believe today it's going to speak to you right there where you're at today. Well, you can also give if you'd like to give. No pressure to give. Everything's free in here at Jeremiah Smith Ministries. You can get a, you can pull us up on Google and download the messages for free if you'd like to. Give it to someone else. I've done that many times with people's ministers' messages. Gave them to other people and played them for other people. Encouraged them. You know, if something's good for you, you don't think it'd be good for someone else? Well, you know, take it and minister to someone else and be a blessing to them, encourage them. Maybe they're down and they just need to hear some word. Encourage them, you know, and take them some. It's free. Uh, and so you're welcome to do that. Luke 6, 38 says, Give and it shall be given to you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give unto your bosom. Think about that today. You know, God will give back to you if you're giving. If you're doing nothing, he can't do anything for you. You want to make sure that you're giving somewhere. Now, he can give you favor and help you to work out some situations. He'll do what he can, do the, whatever he can for your circumstances. But are you limiting today? Are you, are you keeping him from doing some wonderful things in your life? You got to give and you got to give consistently. And so you want to make sure you're giving somewhere. I'm not pressuring you to give here, but make sure you give somewhere so God can provide uh, for your needs. Praise the Lord. You say, well, why would you even mention that? Because I care about you, right? I want to make sure that you're giving. And so you want to make sure that you're giving somewhere. If you'd like to give at Jeremiah Smith Ministries, you can go to jeremiahsmithministries.podbeam.com and hit the giving tab and they'll show you how to do some things there if you'd like to. But no pressure to give here. All of our resources are free. And uh, we want you to be here, get encouraged, get saved, get what you need. And that's what we're here. We're kind of like a, a horse trough to make sure that you get the, the water that you need. And we're just, we're just serving up the, the food and the water that you need so that you can have the things that you need to have for this life. Praise the Lord. Did you know that Jesus, you know, and when he was born, he was put into a trough to think about that, you know, and you, and you can come and he, he says, come unto me, you know, and he'll take care of you. You know, that's literally what he was born and put into. Think about that with his life, you know, and we're getting to partake of him and eat of his flesh, drink of his, you know, you say, well, what does that mean? Well, those are covenant terms. If you study blood covenant, you'll understand that. But, you know, he, he was saying, hey, you know, I'm everything that you need. I'm the source of everything that you need. You say, well, how could he be everything that I need? Well, he's got peace. He created you. He knows exactly what you need. He's got joy. He's got everything that you need. He's got burden removing, yoke destroying power. If something's bothering you today, you can't get it free. He'll get you free. Jesus can always set you free. For, for who the Son sets free is free indeed today. You will get free if you let Jesus do that right now. So he's touching somebody right there, setting them free. And I believe that you're going to be changed today. And this is going to be a different week for you if you let him free you right there today. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to get into the word today. You know, and be mindful of this, you know, when you get the word 
Well, the Lord speaks to you, you know, you have to keep in mind the enemy doesn't like that, right? <laughs> you want to keep that in mind. You know, if you're looking over at the fourth chapter of Mark, I was thinking about this before we started. The fourth chapter talks about the sower and the word and, you know, notice what he talks about there. We're talking about the word being sown into someone's spirit, you know. The first thing he tells you, he could have told you a lot of other stuff, but one of the first things he tells you in this parable of the sower, he says, listen to the 13th chapter, he says, and he said unto them, know ye not this parable, and how then will you know all parables? Wow, that's powerful to think about. He says, this is important for you to even understand with all the parables. Well, that's some good stuff. We better take heed to what he's saying. If he's saying if we, this is one of the keys to knowing all the parables, well, the first thing he tells you right there, he says, the sower soweth the word, right? And so listen to what he says in the 15th verse. He says, and these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown into their hearts. Now he goes through there and talks about different ways that people lose the word. But notice the first thing that happens when you get some truth, right? And you do get truth. This Bible is truth, right? And if you should know the truth, it'll set you free. Well, you're going to hear this message, right? And you have to keep in mind the enemy comes to try to steal that message from you or whatever word the Lord's given to you. Maybe he's given you something about your dreams or your purpose or your vision. Well, the enemy's going to try to come steal that. You say, well, man, I didn't know we had any opposition. Well, you know, he, he doesn't want you to be successful. He doesn't want you to fulfill your purpose. So he tries to stop it. What's the best time to stop that? Right when it starts at the very beginning, right? Because once you get going, you're kind of like a train. It's hard to stop you then, right? But when you get a word from the Lord, then it's important that you are watching over that word. And then whose responsibility to do that? Well, he warns us. This is Jesus talking. He warns us. It's our, it's our responsibility to protect the word, right? We have to protect the word. Maybe the Lord came to you today and said, I want you to start this business. You know, and man, the next day you're like, all these things are happening and you're distracted from doing what God's called you to do. You know, you don't think Noah was distracted. You don't think that Abraham was distracted. Man, you don't think Jesus was distracted for fulfilling their purpose. You know, you think about Paul and all the distractions he had. My goodness, he, he went through so many different things and he had a shipwreck, <laughs> so many different things. And he could have said, well, man, uh, you know, I, I need to get myself together. But no, he got him, put himself back up. And one time he was even drug out of a city, you know, and he was stoned and left for dead. They prayed for him. He gets back. Where'd he go? He went right back into the city. You know, and he, that's a lot of wisdom. Think about that. He's like, well, now I'm not going to let myself lose this word. I'm going to get back in there and go right back after the dream that I have and the goal I have. He got right back up and went right after it. You know, maybe today, you know, the enemy's tried to get you off track and he's tried to keep you from fulfilling that dream or purpose that he's put in your heart. Maybe it's even concerning healing, you know, that maybe you're needing healing today, you know, and he's trying to get you distracted to get you off track with it, you know, but you know, you can always get back up and run back in there if you let the Lord help you today, but don't let the enemy steal the word from you. You know, maybe you're going to listen to this message and you know, God's going to get some things to you, you know, and I believe he does every time we speak, there's an anointing here for that. Don't let him steal those things from you. Don't give him that good. Don't give him glory for any of that either, too. You know, don't let's don't take a lot of time talking about it. But, you know, keep in mind, you have to protect the word. Right. You know, I like to watch football. 
I don't know about you, but I enjoy football. I don't get a lot of time to watch football, but I enjoy watching football. Here in Oklahoma, we like the Sooners. I know some of y'all probably hate that, you know, because we have people listening literally all across America, <laughs> you know, but we like the OU Sooners here in, uh, in Oklahoma. And uh, man, you'll see so many times they get that ball. They hike that ball to that quarterback. We had a rainy uh, game recently. I'm, I'm trying to remember when it was, but they had a rainy game, you know. And they hike the ball to the guy, and they got to hold on to that ball, you know. So the pressure's on because you lose the ball, can change the whole game, you know. He has to hold that football. It's so important to him to hold that football, you know. And I mean, it's hard when it's wet. <laughs> it's hard when there's weather conditions. They can be distracted with the wetness and the weather conditions and might, might even be looking all around, could fall and hurt themselves, lose the ball, could be distracted by somebody coming after them. But the whole goal is to protect the ball, you know, even if they don't get far, you know, or they don't, they don't gain a whole lot of yards, you know, if you're not familiar with football, they're trying to get to this, this end zone, try to get over there. They have to protect the ball that's given to them. They can lose the game if they don't protect that ball, you know. And they'll do everything they can, you know, to protect it. They'll get hit hard sometimes, you know. And you think, man, how did he hold on to that ball, you know? But he'll, with all his might, you know, they'll hold on to the ball, the people they throw the ball to. And the quarterback, when he gets hit, holds on as much as he can because it could literally change the outcome of the game. Did you know there's a lot of people who get words and, and they get hit with circumstances and challenges and it literally changes the outcome of the game that they were supposed to be having? It literally changes what they're supposed to be doing with the purpose of their life or literally changes the, them getting their healing because they let circumstances and everything that hits them from side to side. You know, the enemy's been turning things up. I don't know if you've noticed, you know, because we're living in the end times. He's trying to get people off track and Try to get them going the wrong direction. You know, you got to hold on to the word, man. And what does that mean? It means that you got to make sure that you're feeding your faith, right? And so it's important. We're going to be talking about faith and we're going to get into faith. And, and I think it's because of such things like this. We've got people that, you know, that, that they haven't been focused on their faith like they should be. You need to be focused on the faith that God has given you. Praise the Lord. Amen. And so we're going to get into this today. Let's pray. Grab your Bible. Get your tablet. Get your phone. If you hadn't noticed, I've got my Bible here. I've got the Bible on the screen here, too. Get your Bible. Get your tablet. Get your phone. And we're going to get into some things today. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you, Father, for your goodness. We thank you, Father, for your mercy. Amen. There's some people needing mercy today. They've been challenged and going through some stuff, Father, Lord, and Man, this is the height of the season. You can see why the enemy would do it right now because we're getting into the height of things here in the season, the pressures that people deal with these seasons. And Father, we ask that you help them to be encouraged right there. You're going to help them in every way, Father, to get through this season. But they're going to have a turkey on the table. They're going to have a good Christmas, praise the Lord. And they're going to have a good good holidays here coming up, praise the Lord. Good Christmas, good good Thanksgiving, Father. And, and Father, they're going to have, end up this year better off. Amen. We're going to, they're going to end up better off than they were at the beginning. And we just thank you, Father, for it because you're so good and you're a good Father. And you're, you're tending to your sheep, Father. And Father, we just ask, Lord, that you help them, Father, Lord. Help everybody listening, Father, to have wonderful holidays and have what they need coming these holidays. Help them be prepared. 
help them have opportunities to you know, all kinds of different opportunities to make sure they have what they need. And Father, we ask you help them, Fathers, in mind. I don't know why, but in my spirit, somebody I feel like they're dealing with some mental things. Help them to be encouraged mentally, Father, to keep soundness of mind, the mind of Christ. And we tell the devil, let go of them in Jesus' name. Anybody that's dealing with some mental things, Father, where the enemies attack their mind, the devil, let go of them in Jesus' name. And Father, we just ask, Lord, as we get into this message, Father, Lord, we ask that you help people listen, help them be flooded with light, help them to see some things they've never seen before. Help, Lord, even when I'm speaking, you're speaking things that they may even be different, Lord. Help them to get what they need. Help not one person leave without getting what they need today. We ask that you think through my mind, speak through my vocal cords, all of you, and none of me. And we just thank you, Father, for it in Jesus' name. And, and before we go, we always minister to you. And we thank you for always being faithful, being good, being wonderful to us. And we give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Well, well, let's get into the word. We've been talking about faith. I don't know if you heard me a minute ago. We will be talking about faith again. <laughs> you say, well, why do you talk about faith? Well, this is what pleases God and, and what's, what makes him happy, right? Do you want to make him happy? Do you want to please him? Well, you got to have some faith today. Praise the Lord. And, and you know, he even asked that of us even when they get saved. He, he wanted us to have some faith. We're going to talk about some of those things. Let's look at our opening scriptures here real quick. The second Corinthians, the fifth chapter, the seventh verse says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. That's powerful to think about. You know, notice we're to walk by our faith. We're not supposed to be looking in circumstances and letting them predict our outcome. We're not supposed to be looking at all the things around us and let them predict where we're going, right? We don't look at what's happening in the earth and we don't listen to other people. We listen to this word about what's going to happen. Now we listen to ministers and things like that, but it still comes back to the word, right? If it didn't line up with this thing, even if it's me, you don't listen to it. We need to listen to the word, right? Everything to do with the word. We, you know, that's what we eat, breathe, and uh, we, 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 we go to bed with is the word, praise the Lord. So we walk by faith and not by sight. And then Hebrews 10, 38 tells us that now the just shall live by faith. We live our lives by faith, right? Daily, we're living our lives by faith. You say, well, how's that? Well, you know, because some people, they think, well, believe in God is, you know, is the only thing that you are to do, you know? Well, yeah, we live our lives by believing God for certain things, and that's using your faith, you know? But you're also using your faith for walking in love. Hey, Amen. You're using your faith when you believe in God's going to be there when you pray, right? You're using your faith in so many things, so it's important that you're using your, you live your life by faith, getting up, trusting God, getting up, knowing he's there, you know? It's important to live our lives by faith. This is what pleases him. It's what makes him happy, is that we use our faith on our daily basis. Hebrews 11 and 6, it says, but without faith, it's impossible to please him. So you can do all kinds of things, but if you don't use your faith, it's impossible to please him. He says, without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God, what does he say to believe that he is? We're supposed to believe he is. And what I believe he's saying there is that he's our everything. He's our source for everything. Believe he's our everything. He says, and that he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now, he could have said anything there. And, you know, we could have said lots of different things there, but he wanted you to realize that he's a rewarder. 
Aren't you glad he's like that? He wants you to know that he's going to reward you. He wants you to know serving him comes with rewards. You know, and other gods, supposedly lower G's, uh, they, they don't come with rewards, <laughs> right? But our Father God has lots of rewards, right? It's throughout the Bible, lots and lots of rewards for serving God, right? You know, and, it, and it's got to be by faith. We got to live our lives by faith. We got to walk by it. We got to live by it. We got to please, please him by it and receive from him by it. Praise the Lord. And that's how we use our faith. What did we say faith was? Well, I'm going to repeat it again because I'm redundant. <laughs> faith is a persuasion. It's a belief. It's a conviction based on the word of God. That's the vine's concordance. If you'd like to look it up there, it's a persuasion. It's a firm persuasion. It's a belief. It's a conviction based on on the word of God. Now we've talked about what it is. We've talked about how faith comes, but we're going to be talking about that faith must be released. We talked a little bit about it last week. We're going to get a little bit more into it today. So but your faith is to be released. You know, it doesn't do anything for you to have faith if you don't release it. You know, James talks about that. He says, what, he talks about it three times. He says how important faith is. And if you don't release it, how it's null and void, he gives us three times he, he tells us that in James, is, I believe it's the second chapter there. And you think about that, you know, it isn't, you know, it's not powerful. It doesn't do anything, you know, without you using it regularly, you know, that's why we have coffee confessions because the number one way to release your faith is by confessions, right? That's why I'm so big into making sure that we have coffee confessions. Of course, last week we didn't have one. We'll try to have one for you this Monday, a new one. But coffee confessions is all about releasing your faith. You say, well, where's that in the Bible? What? You wouldn't even be here if you're a Christian if it wasn't for you releasing your faith. You say, what? <laughs> no, you wouldn't even be a Christian if you didn't release your faith by words. The Bible says in Romans, the 10th chapter, the 9th and 10th verse, it says, if you confess Jesus as Lord and believe God's risen Jesus from the dead, you shall be saved, right? You had to confess it. If you didn't confess it, you aren't saved. You have to release your faith, right? And that's why a lot, of a lot of people aren't healed. They won't release their faith. And it's primarily by words. Words are important to us. Words change the world. Words change your world right there where you're at. Words change your circumstances. Now, what kind of words are coming out of your mouth? Amen. What, what are you saying on a daily basis? You know, it's important. God's words created the universe. Think about that today. And he said, life and death are in the power of your tongue. You can literally live longer or die shorter with your words. It has to do with what you're believing and what you're speaking out of your mouth. You say, well, just any words? No, not just any words. We know in Mark 11, 23 and 22, it says, that it says, have faith in God. But he says, when you speak to a mountain, he says, you must believe before you speak. And so it's what you believe that you're speaking that's important, right? Like I've said before, you know, I could sit here and say I'm an astronaut over and over and over. That doesn't make me an astronaut, you know, but it's what I believe that I'm speaking, you know. If you're calling your son an idiot every day, you know, it's going to get inside of him. And he, he may believe that way, you know. And it's important that you're speaking the right things, you know. Then you don't have such a smart kid if you're not careful, you know. You want to speak the right things. You say, well, Jeremiah, is that true? Yes, it's very true. The words are powerful. They, You know, there's actually been scientific studies talking about how things have have sound waves in them when they went to study them. Think about that today. 
Wow, because the power of words. You know, an idea came, they talked about it, it came to pass, you know, and speaking things. And Abraham hoped against hope, right? And God called those things that be not as though they were for Abraham. He told him he was father of many nations, you know, and he had 300 servants. And they, you know, every time he got up to drink some coffee or go do something on the, in the field, they were saying, hey, father of many nations, because he changed his name from Abram to Abraham and it meant father of many nations. Think about that. And what happened? He became father of many nations. And you say, well, how's that? Because we're the seed of Abraham and there are lots of Christians that are part of Abraham's seed. Of course, he had his son. But you think about that today. We're all part of that family. All the seed of Abraham. We call him Father Abraham. It's what the Bible tells us to call him Father Abraham. And it's all because of words, right? Words are powerful to us. Words change things. Words change your circumstance. If you let words do that, life and death are in the power of your tongue. Praise the Lord. So what's not happening in your life and what is happening? Well, look at what you're saying. What do you say every day? I used to have this person, you know, that I'd go to work with every time I get up and, you know, go work with her. She, oh, this is going to be a horrible day, you know, and I'd have to <laughs> change the words, you know, I'd be like, this is going to be a great day. She said, oh, no, this is going to be a bad day. You know, but no, this is going to be a great day. You know, I'm trying to put some good words out there, you know, cast down them bad words and every high thing exalts itself against the knowledge of God, you know, and speaking good words, you know, my son will go to school, you know, and uh, on the way to school, you know, we'll speak, which I don't take him to school anymore, but my wife takes him, you know, and they're still doing it, you know, when he goes to school and they'll say, well, he's, he's bright, he's sharp, he's smooth, he's good looking. And a major blessing. They used to give us that when I was going to Rama there with uh, Keith Moore would say that when he'd come into class, he'd say, you're bright, you're sharp, you're smooth, you're good looking and a major blessing, you know, and it's important that you're speaking good things. This is why people have, you know, they have uh, poor self outlook, poor self esteem is because they speak the wrong words and they may be hearing words throughout their home all the time. If you're an environment, and they're speaking bad words, put yourself in an environment that can get good words into you. Now, that may be impossible for some of you with your family and where you're at, you know, well, you need to keep yourself in an environment that helps you to achieve, you know, your environment's so important and conducive to you achieving what God wants you to achieve with your life, you know? And so you're gonna have to create an environment where you can hear good words a lot, you know, especially if you heard lots of bad words you're going to have to keep yourself in an environment that's good, hearing good words that helps you to get where you need to go. You know, if you're hearing junk all the time, over and over and over. It's important that you're hearing good things and putting good things into your heart over and over. You know, make sure that you're keeping yourself stirred up about the things of God, you know, because there are a lot of negative people and they live in negative households with those people, good people. And you want to make sure that you're keeping yourself in an environment that'll cause you to be able to achieve. You know, my wife has a big old area back there with plants, you know, and, and, and she has this particular little area where she puts them into little aquariums, you know, and it, it creates an environment for them to do certain things. She covers it in the aquarium and these certain plants she grows with an, an aquarium because it gives them the things that they need to have within that aquarium, you know. You know, and then she'll pull the lid off and show me how they look. They're beautiful plants, you know. But they're creating that environment where they can be successful, you know. 
And, you know, environment's key to being successful in your life. You know, you need to make sure that you're placing yourself in the environment. You say, well, I just did this. I don't know why I did this. No, you put yourself in a wrong environment, you know. That's why it's so important. You know, that's why the Bible says run from evil, right? You need to be in an environment that is conducive for you achieving it. We create those environments, you know. I remember Casey Tree talking one time about how and he was, a, he, when he, before he got saved, he was a drug addict and, and he, he was addicted to drugs and all kinds of different things, you know. And, uh, but he, he ended up uh, having to leave that environment and go into an environment to, to rehabilitate himself. And he got put in jail and he had to rehabilitate himself. You know, he went through all these things. And he, but he finally got into an environment where it helped him because he wasn't around some of those things that he was before. And he got around a pastor that was in that same environment. And he was able to achieve some of the things that he wanted to achieve. You know, but he, sometimes you got to leave that environment you're at, you know, so that you can achieve what God, I, I don't doubt that that's what was Abraham's situation when he called him out of uh, where he was at there into a new land. And, uh, you know, you've got to be in an environment that causes you to achieve the things that God calls you to achieve, calls, uh, helps you to achieve the things that God wants you to achieve. You know, the environment helps you to do that, you know, and some of you are listening to this podcast, you're in a good environment today because you're going to get some things here, some keys that are going to help you fulfill what God has for your life. Praise the Lord. Let's look over Matthew, the 17th chapter, the 20th verse. So we know about faith and it comes quickly, you know, and some people may tell you otherwise, but no, the Bible teaches that faith comes quickly. You know, and I, I can tell you the same thing, you know, listen to preachers talk about Jesus, you know, and how I heard about Jesus and came quickly. And then I got saved, you know, and you may have heard the salvation message just one time and you, suddenly you wanted to get saved. Faith comes quickly. And I released my faith and got saved, you know, the same thing with all, you know, we make it way more complicated than it needs to be, but faith comes quickly. You know, you'll hear some people talk about head faith and heart faith and how if you don't get it from your heart faith up to your head, or if you don't get your head faith down to your heart faith, and then, then you can, you know, you're never going to have faith, never be able to get a healing or something like that. No, the Bible teaches it comes quickly. I never remember Jesus going up to somebody and saying, well, now, wait a minute. No, no, dear. Until it gets from your head to your heart, then you can't get healed. You know? No, he just, when they were in the position and they got healed and he said that they had faith, they got healed. He didn't, he didn't tell them, well, wait a minute. No, no, that's in your head, man. No, 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 that's in your head. You've got to get it down in your heart. <laughs> no, he didn't do that. Aren't you glad he didn't do that? People got healed quickly. People got saved quickly. He says they heard about Jesus and they got healed quickly. Changes their circumstances quickly. All it takes is a word. So just very few words, and it can change your circumstances quickly. Matthew, the 17th chapter, the 20 verses, and Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you that if ye have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, shall be hence remove hence to yonder place. I'm reading a different version here. We're actually, no, this is the King James Version. And it shall be removed, and nothing shall be impossible for you. Now think about that, you know, he says the size of a mustard seed, and we talked about the size of a mustard seed is only one to two millimeters. That's not a lot, <laughs> right? But that, can, that one or two millimeters can change many people's circumstances that are listening. You can have the faith, but we're going to have, you have to release that faith. You know, you can be persuaded, firmly persuaded about something quickly, 
but you got to release what God's told you to release or whatever that faith is you're getting there with. It's for salvation, for healing, for purpose. It's, it's, it's null and void, James tells us, if we don't release our faith, praise the Lord. It's important that we release it. You got to release it. Say it with me. You got to release it so that it can be an impact on your world today. I was trying to get over to James. I don't believe it's actually in my notes here. Let's go over to James real quick here. I have my Bible down here and I'm turning and I'm turning and I'm turning. Got my other Bible over here. We're marking something else. And so I'm trying to use this Bible here. Okay. That's what he says here in James, the second chapter. He says, my brethren have not faith of the Lord Jesus, the Lord of glory and respect of persons. Oh my goodness. Aren't you glad that God's not a respecter of persons? Hey Amen. If he blesses one person, he's going to bless someone else. If he's going to do it for him, he's going to do it for me. If I see anybody in this Bible that he heals, he's going to heal me. <laughs> right? If I see he prospers somebody in this Bible, he'll do it for me. If he's going to help somebody fulfill their purpose in this Bible, he'll do it for Jeremiah. Aren't you glad that he fulfills, he's not a respecter of persons and he does it for not just one. You know, my boys, you know, I do the same thing for both of them. I love both of them equally, you know, and I would, if this person gets something, I want to give something to this person, you know, if they, if they both need a key, they both can have a key to my house. Aren't you glad God's not a respecter of persons? Read that with you. It means he doesn't treat one above the other. And he doesn't treat you above the other or treat his people above the other. Praise the Lord. Let's look here real quick here in the second chapter. It says, My brethren, have not faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of the glory and respect of persons. And it says, And if there come unto your assembly a man with a gold ring, godly apparel, and there come in also a poor man of vile raiment, and he have respect to him that weareth the gay clothing, and say unto him, Sir, sit thou here in a good place, and say to the poor, Stand thou there, or sit here under my footstool, and ye are then partial in yourselves, and are become judges of evil thoughts. Hearken, my beloved brethren, and hath not God chosen the poor of this world with rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which is he promised to them that love him? But ye have despised the poor. Do not rich oppress you and draw you before the judgment seats. Do not they blaspheme the worship or the worthy name of by the which they are called. And if you fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, and ye do well. But if ye have respect to persons, ye commit sin and are convinced of the law as transgressors. Before whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offended one point, he is guilty of all. For he that said, Do not commit adultery, said also, Do not kill. Now, if thou commit adultery, yet if thou kill, thou art become a transgressor of the law. So speak and so do as they that shall be judged by the law of liberty. For he shall have judgment without mercy that hath showed no mercy and hath mercy and rejoiceth against judgment. But what does it profit, though I say I may, that I have faith and have not works? Can faith save him? Notice what he says, though. If I have faith and I have not works, can faith save me? No, he says that you have to release your faith. You can have all the faith in the world, but if you don't release it, it's absolutely doormat and no good. Think about that today. If you can, you can, you can have all, all the trust and belief that Jesus is the savior of the world, 
but you'll never get saved if you don't release it out of your mouth, you know? You can have all the belief and trust that God's the healer. And the, think about that today. You can believe he heals this person, heals all those people, and he is your healer. But if you never release it, it's never a reality for you in your life. Think about that today. You have to release your faith, and it's primarily through words. Sometimes he'll lead you to do some different things. We had Brother Michael on here one time, and he was talking about how the Lord healed him and, and how he ended up leaving uh, from Oklahoma, and he drove all the way to Florida and uh, to a meeting, and God ministered to him, and he got his healing there. Think about that. I believe it was healing school, or it was there at the, at the ministry there in Florida, and you think about this today, you know, you sometimes he'll give you some actions, but primarily it starts with words. Words are powerful. Words change things, but sometimes you'll have you do an action with it. You know, many people go to different meetings with well-known ministers, you know. I can name many well-known ministers from Oral Roberts to Benny Hinn to different ministers, you know, by Kenneth, Brother, Kenneth Hagen and uh, Kenneth Copeland and Jerry Seville and lots of Catherine Kuhlman. And they may get into a meeting where there's a healing minister, but if the Lord leads them that way, that might be the best thing. You know, it depends on what he's going to work with you at whatever level you're at today. You know, if it's in prosperity, if it's in healing, he's going to work with you right there where you're at. My goodness, I'm just blowing away with time here. I'm using so much time, but we're just going to let the Lord have his way here. You know, he'll, he'll use you where you're at. You know, maybe today you're needing healing. He's going to start you where you're at, wherever that is today. You know, if it's uh, sometimes you might put, uh, some people put handkerchiefs underneath your pillow, you know, that's, that's, that's one way to do it. They laid hands on the handkerchiefs, you know, and anointing does go into handkerchiefs, you know, he might have you go to a healing meeting. He might have you listen to this message today and you're getting your healing right now, you know. His healing powers ministering to you right there where it's at today, right there where you're at today, in the car, on your headphones, wherever you're walking today. But he's going to meet you where you're at, you know. If it's through a podcast, if he wants you to have hands laid on you, you know, he's going to meet you where you're at. If I were to line up people here, ministers up here, well-known ministers, and, and you were to go to the one that was in the ministry, if I was there and we had Brother Hagen there and we had Oral Roberts there and, and you went to the person, you know, which the, those gentlemen I know have passed away, don't get me wrong. But if they were standing there, who would you go to minister to, go to the line to get healing? Well, you would go to the one that you believe the most in that God has anointed for healing. And in that way, he, he'll minister to you at the level that you're at, you know, wherever you're at. Maybe you need to go to the doctor and God uses the doctor and he, he, it's just as powerful as God laying, someone laying hands on you because you can pray for the doctor to do the right things. And some people don't believe in doctors. I believe in doctors. I believe God can use doctors. I don't believe they're the only source for your healing, but God can use a doctor. But, you know, you think about that today. He's going to, wherever you're at, he'll work with you so that you can get the healing that you need right there. You know, God will use doctors. Maybe today you're needing to prosper, you know. Maybe he'll work with you. You start where you're at and work your way up. I was actually listening to a minister today, and he was talking about just start giving <laughs> right where you're at. you got to start somewhere, right? Now, some people would argue with you. you got to do it a certain way, but you need to start where you're at and work your way up, praise the Lord, from where you're at. He works with you at whatever level you're at. He's a good God, amen, and he wants you to get where you need to go, and he'll work with you wherever you're at, praise the Lord. Maybe maybe today, you know, you're needing to be free of something today, you know? 
Well, you know, one day of freedom is really good if you haven't had any days of freedom, you know. Maybe one week of freedom. You see, we always think we have to be at one place every time. But, you know, start where you're at and work your way up. You know, celebrate your accomplishments. Maybe you've been free for a week without smoking or free from a week of having some kind of addiction. You know, celebrate a week. Amen. And then celebrate two weeks. Then celebrate a month. Before you know it, you'll be celebrating a year. But you got to work with you where you're at, you know? We always got to have it all at once. We're extreme as people if we're not careful. But, you know, God works with sowing and reaping. He works in a process, you know? And you got to remember, he works in process. Now, he has the ability to free you right there. I've seen many people get freed right away. But some people, he works them through the process, you know? And it's good to work through the process of letting God work you through the process. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. So faith comes quickly. Let's look at Matthew, the fifth chapter, the 25th verse. It says, a certain woman which had an issue of blood for 12 years. We've talked a little bit about her. Let's look at this again. And had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. And when she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind him and touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be made whole. Now, would this have been the best way to get healed? We know about the, the centurion. And he, he said that he had some great faith. Think about that today. But yet he works with her where she's at. She didn't even touch him. She touched his clothes. Think about that. God works from where you're at. And faith came quickly for her, said that she had heard of Jesus. And we get the idea here from listening to her. She'd heard of Jesus and faith came quickly, you know. And she, and all of a sudden, she's, man, she's reaching out and she's touching the hem of his garden to get healed. And, you know, faith does come quickly. Now, that's hard for some people. They're, they're still head faith and heart faith and got to get your head to your heart. You know, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, don't get me wrong. But, you know, if you got somebody that's terminally ill and all they're thinking about is they got to get their head to their heart and their head to their heart. I don't know if you've ever prayed for people that have had circumstances, you know, that are extreme circumstances. I've prayed with all kinds of people. And it's important that you're considering everything when you're talking to them. You know, if you're telling them to get it from their head to their heart, they could die before they get that process worked out. You need to understand that faith comes quickly. Hey, man, study your Bible. It comes quickly. And Jesus never told them that, hey, you've got to get it from your head to your heart before you're going to have some faith. <laughs> no, it's a persuasion. It's a firm persuasion, and it comes quickly. Amen. And listen to what it says here. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou, Who touched me? And he looked round about to her and that had done this thing, but the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go into peace and be whole of thy plague. And the reason why they're trying to get it from their head to their heart is because they, they think about meditation, you know, because it's been preached so much about meditation, right? 
and, and, you, and they take it from Joshua. You go over to Joshua, you know, but he didn't. He wasn't focused on meditation. It was the only thing there. There's something that people leave out a lot of times in Joshua. If you look at the first chapter there in the, in the uh, eighth verse, he says, The book of the law shall not depart from thee out of thy mouth, but that thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Why were they meditating? You know, was it to get it from their head to their heart? No, he tells him why he wants Joshua to meditate. He says that thou mayest observe to do. Say it with me. That thou mayest observe to do. Right? You're meditating. You're feeding your spirit. You're looking at this so that you're able to observe to do. So you become persuaded what to do to release your faith. Right? You're, you're becoming more and more. You're feeding your spirit so that you're observing to do. Right? Say it with me again. Observing to do. Right? That's what he told Joshua. Was he was wanting to observe to do. And so it's important that you're meditating in the Word to observe to do. What is that? Well, that's, that's feeding your spirit. You know, we're going to talk about that, I believe, next week. And that's the primary problem with so many Christians, not just releasing their faith, but is it feeding their faith, right? And we have to feed our faith over and over and over. What is that? That's renewing our faith. You know, it's 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 feeding, renewing ourselves to the things that we need to renew ourselves to. You know, people have to feed their faith. Yeah, you you don't believe me? You know, you say, well, man, I'm, I'm supposed to get paid at the end of the month, right? <laughs> and you're looking for that date because you're trying to remember when it is you're supposed to get paid. It's because you gotta remind yourself this is when I'm gonna get paid. You know, or or hey, uh, you know, maybe I need to remind myself I need to go to the grocery store. You know, you you're persuaded you gotta get this and you gotta get that, but you forget by the time you get to the store. Thank goodness my wife texts it and texts it to me on my phone. You know, so I don't forget what I'm supposed to get. Well, you're renewing yourself to it, or right? You're observing to do. You're looking back to observe to do. You're renewing your mind to observe to do, right? Feeding your spirit is so important, but this is what happens to so many people. They'll, they get saved or they, they get a great revelation, and, but they never remind themselves of those things. They never renew themselves to those things or feed their spirit to those things. He, Jesus is meat. His word is meat. You got to feed your spirit, but they don't ever go back and feed themselves those things. And you wonder why they lost focus or they've gotten off track or they even some people left the faith is because they forgot Jesus is their source for everything. And it's because then they get into a tough circumstance, you know, and then they remember, you know. It's amazing, you know, because they hear a message and God sends somebody their way. But, you know, you, can, you don't have to live like that. You could observe to do. You can remind yourself, you can feed your spirit, you know, and not let yourself get far off track because you're feeding your spirit on a daily basis. Praise the Lord. And he said, her daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. Now you have to hear some things we talked about with faith and you can have faith. You have, if you can't have faith unless you've heard and what do we say, accepted truth. And so it's important that you're focused on your faith. We were taking lots of many rabbit trails here, and I've gotten trying to get back on top of here. Well, let's look at Mark 11, chapter 23rd verse. Mark 11, chapter 23rd verse says, Verily I say unto you that whosoever say in this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast in the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatever he saith. So you can believe, but he's saying you still have to speak, Right? Now, this isn't Jeremiah saying this, is it? Is this Jeremiah? Is this uh, uh, Mark 
11 Jeremiah or Jeremiah 11, 23. No, this isn't Jeremiah 11, 23. This is Jesus talking. This is the red letters, right? Amen, you know. And, uh, you know, somebody, people, well, I don't believe that you have what you say. Well, Jesus said it. We see it right here in Mark eleven twenty three, right? So either the word's true and you believe the book or you don't believe what Jesus says is true. I think you have to be careful about saying some things about speaking and calling those things. Unless you you look into where it's coming from, you know, just because someone so-and-so said it doesn't mean that you need to look at their source. Where is it coming from? And we know that it's coming from Mark eleven twenty three. And Jesus said, if you believe and you confess, you can move mountains, big things in your life, change things in your life, change your circumstances. Did he, and he showed us before that it is a process. He said that he spoke to a fig tree and he came back the next day and the fig tree had died. He spoke to it. He believed it was going to change the fig tree to die. The disciples walked back by and we see that there was a change. So you can see the negative can happen with your mouth if you believe it. And then positive can happen whatever you're believing that you speak. You know, what do you believe in when you speak? When you get up in the morning, what are you saying out of your mouth? This is going to be a good day. Every day is a blessing day, like my wife says all the time. Every day is a blessing day, you know. What are you saying out of your mouth? Are you seeing blessings? Are you looking for blessings? Or are you speaking, well, this is going to be a negative day. I don't know, what, what am I, what, you know, what are you looking for out of your day? You know, you can change your day. You can change the circumstances literally by what you believe and what you speak. Now, we didn't say about your feelings or how you feel about it, because you may not feel like confession when you get up in the morning. You may not feel like saying the right things. And, you know, because some things they should be, have to beat you to get you not, not to say, you know. I mean, you, you, you don't want to say bad things out of your mouth. We said life and death are in the power of your tongue. You shouldn't let the wrong things come out. You know, but you should have positive things coming out and like a, a well of living water just shooting out good things. You know, rivers of living water shooting out of you good things all the time. And it has a lot to do with what you believe and what you're speaking. What do you have faith for and you're speaking out of your mouth? Praise the Lord. So that's what Jesus told us. He was telling us that we need to release our faith with our words. And that's what we need to do. Make sure that we're releasing our faith by our words. And we said in Romans, the 10th chapter, the 9th and 10th verse, it says that if thou confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe thine heart and God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, mouth, the mouth is uh, the mouth confession is made unto salvation. I say it too quickly sometimes. Man, with a mouth confession is made unto salvation. But notice the important thing is that we'll do what we speak is what we have, right? What we call for is what we have. You know, if I was to call for my dog right now, Odie, his name's Odie. We have a cat now. We've uh, we found a stray cat, and so we have a cat now. His name's Jasper. <laughs> but if I call for Odie, you know, and I want Odie to come, my wife just saw it even before we were in here, you know, he was sitting here laying next to me, and she wanted him to come to the door, and I said, Odie, go with Mama. And he jumped down and went with her, you know? But if I hadn't spoke to Odie and I told him to go do what he needs to do, Odie wouldn't have gone and done what he has to do. Did you know the Bible says that angels hearken unto his word? Think about that. When you're speaking things, angels are hearkening unto his word to cause them to perform and be what they're supposed to happen and the things are supposed to happen. Did you know your words are that powerful? They, what you're saying, what's hearkening unto bad words? Do you think... The demonic spirits could be hearkening under the bad words to make sure those things can come to happen, you know. 
What are you speaking out of your mouth? He says that life can come out of your mouth and you can cause death to come out of your mouth. It has to do with what you're saying out of your mouth. Amen. We need to watch our words, make sure we're speaking good things and releasing those words on a daily basis for good things. Good things aren't just don't just happen to people, right? Most of the time it's because you're speaking God's word. Amen. And God's word causes good things to happen in your life. Praise the Lord. I think we're going to end there because we've been over an hour here. But uh, let's go ahead and pray. We'll get some people to speak, give them an opportunity to speak some good words today. It has to do with salvation. Does that sound good to you today? Maybe today you've listened to this whole message. And you're like, wow, that's, that's interesting, you know. And maybe you've heard about Jesus. Maybe you've heard and I've talked about how wonderful he is. Maybe you want to know him today. Well, you know, you have the opportunity right now, you know, to release your faith and to know Jesus as your personal Savior. Let me pray, first of all, for those that have listened to this message, that they receive what they're supposed to have today. And then we're going to pray for you for salvation today. Father, we just thank you for the people listening today. Help them to be encouraged, help them to be refreshed. Help them, Lord, to take these truths home with them, Father, and help the enemy not to steal their word from them today. Father, help them to protect the word like we talked about, like a football. Help them to protect it. Don't let anything shake the word out of their lives, Father. We ask that you help them to protect it that way and help them to see the realism of how important it is to keep your dreams and to keep your vision, Father. Help them to do it today and help them to see it, Father, on a daily basis. If you'd like to contact us for a prayer, praise reports, or offerings, go to jeremiasmithministries.podbean.com. Thank you for listening.